0: With Conair Girl Bomb, available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season
1: of Bridgerton the official podcast. I'm your host Gabby Collins, and this season we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season 3 of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.
2: Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kiwi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television Today, listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport, and me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
3: Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Encyclopedia Womanica. Today, we're talking about a woman whose autobiography is the most complete, concurrent record of the life of an enslaved woman in America. Although the veracity of her story was challenged for decades, our storyteller of the day is now recognized as the true author of her work. We're talking about Harriet Jacobs. Harriet Jacobs was born in 1813 in Endenton, North Carolina, to Delilah and Daniel Jacobs. Both her mother and father were enslaved. Her grandmother had been emancipated by her former enslavers. When Harriet was six, her mother died, and she was left in the care of her enslaver, Margaret Hornblow. Margaret taught her to read and write, an uncommon practice for the time. But when Harriet was 12, her fortune changed. Margaret passed away, and instead of emancipating Harriet, bequeathed Harriet to her three-year-old niece, Mary Matilda Norcom. Harriet subsequently moved into the Norcom household, a family that did not share Margaret's relatively more progressive views. Within three years, though Harriet was just a young teenager, she had become the sexual fixation of Mary's father, Dr. James Norcom. His sexual harassment was unrelenting, and he refused to allow Harriet to marry. It was then that Harriet made a calculated decision. She decided to return the advances of another white man, a local lawyer by the name of Samuel Treadwell Sawyer. She hoped that burying the children of a different white man would spur her master into a rage. Her goal was to drive Dr. Norcom to sell her. Her plan did not succeed. After burying two of Sawyer's children, Dr. Norcom punished Harriet by sending her to do backbreaking labor on his plantation. While there, Harriet escaped. She fled to her grandmother's house and hid in a crawl space. Harriet remained in hiding at her grandmother's for seven years. During this time, she revised her plan. Harriet wrote letters to Dr. Norcom falsely claiming she'd escaped to the north. This time around, she hoped Dr. Norcom would sell her children to their father. Eventually, this plan came to fruition, and Sawyer bought both of his children back from Dr. Norcom. Soon after, Sawyer was elected to the House of Representatives and moved with the children to Washington, DC. Desperate to reunite with her children, Harriet, too, fled north. While searching for her children, Harriet found work as a nursemaid for the abolitionist Nathaniel Parker Willis and his wife, Cordelia Willis. Dr. Norcom continued to pursue Harriet, and she was frequently forced to go into hiding, often relocating between Boston and New York. Eventually, the Willis family was able to buy Harriet her legal freedom. During her time in the North, Harriet became involved with a feminist abolitionist group. It was there that she met Amy Post. Amy, taken with Harriet's personal journey, recommended that she write a book about her life. Harriet agreed and decided to write her autobiography under the pen name, Linda Brent. Her book called Incidents in the Life of a Slave Girl, was published in 1861. With the rise of the American Civil War, the book quickly faded from public discourse and remained relatively unknown for the rest of Harriet's lifetime. Harriet was eventually reunited with her daughter, Louisa. During the Civil War, Harriet worked to aid former slaves who arrived as refugees in Washington, D.C., Dedication to the recently emancipated community brought Harriet back to the South in 1865. Harriet and Louisa settled in Savannah, Georgia to continue relief efforts. But due to persistent racial persecution, they were forced to flee North once more. This time, Harriet settled in Cambridge, Massachusetts, where she opened a boarding house. Not much is known about the final chapters of Harriet's life, but we do know that she eventually returned to Washington, D.C. with her daughter. It was there that Harriet died in 1897. She was 84 years old. It wasn't until the feminist movements of the 1960s and 70s that incidents reappeared. Initially, it sparked controversy. The book's editor, Lydia Marie Child, was a white woman. Common thought at the time was that the autobiography was actually a novel written by Child. In 1987, historian Jean Fagan Yellen corrected that narrative with her annotated edition of Incidents. Yellen lays bare the true identity of the author and the limited role Child played in publishing the original manuscript. At long last, Harriet's name was attached to her work. Her role as autobiographer transformed the significance of the text. In Harriet's writings, she describes her state of mind as she rejected the advances of Dr. Norcom in favor of Sam Sawyer. She explicitly discusses using her sexuality as a tool to manipulate the white men who sought to further subjugate her. Harriet also acknowledges the judgment she received as a woman with two children born out of wedlock. In her book, she argues that it is cruel to prescribe 19th-century morality onto enslaved women, as their fundamental rights had already been so profoundly violated. Incidents in the Life of a Slave Girl remains one of the most important books of its kind. It is the only first-hand account of the life of an enslaved woman at the time, and gives unmatched insight into Harriet's perspective as she fought against forces of sexual and racial oppression. In doing so, the autobiography occupies a unique space in both African-American and feminist literature. All month, we're talking about storytellers. For more on why we're doing what we're doing, check out our newsletter, Womanica Weekly. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Encyclopedia Womanica. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. Talk to you tomorrow.
0: with Conair Air Girl Bomb Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. A new season of Bridgerton is here.
1: And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every
2: Thursday. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kiwi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television Today, listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport, and me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.